Welcome back to the Bill Bennett Show, the podcast translating President Trump. I'm Claude Jennings, not Dr. Bill, although you hear from Dr. Bill momentarily. He tested positive, as you know, for COVID-19. And so we're not able to get together to do the full length shows that we normally do. Uh, however, he's doing great. He's in good spirits. We're going to hear from him momentarily. Uh, feel free to email the show, Podcast at gmail.com uh, to share your thoughts, uh, all the things that are happening right now, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, uh, your hope. Hope for the future, you hope for the country, any questions, any comments, uh, things like that. The plan uh, right now is to release several mini episodes where I'll get Bill on the phone. He'll talk about his thoughts on the news of the day. And there's plenty to talk about from the Georgia runoff uh, to Congress's uh, certification of the uh, election uh, to uh, the phone call over the weekend with the president and the Georgia Secretary of State. Lots to talk about. All right, here's Dr. Bennett on the phone sharing his thoughts on the news of the day. All right, folks at home recovering from COVID-19. Still a little weak voice, but getting better. It's uh, the 5th of January. Here's where we are in the election tonight in Georgia. Big deal. Tomorrow, the presentation of the electoral slate before a joint session of Congress presided over by the vice president. We'll see what happens there. Let me just uh, do a little background. My concern here is that, A, the election was stolen. B, that actions weren't taken ahead of time, either by the Republican Party or uh, officials to prevent this from happening. I think the Democrats were about doing this, and I think the Republicans were kind of asleep at the wheel. Uh, More substantially, in terms of institutions, I think the court should have been involved. Critically, before the election in Pennsylvania, and Alito was, uh, you know, was 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 aware of this, and you know, did did suggest they look at it because they bypassed the constitutionally dictated way of selecting the delegates, which is the legislature. So it should have stopped there. It should have happened there. But the whole question is bothering me about the court because I love this court. I love the people that uh, Donald Trump has put on this court. Two of the people on this court are uh, graduates of my uh, two sons' uh, high school, mm-hmm. Catholic high school here in Washington, Georgetown Prep, Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh. Amy Coney Barrett is, uh, you know, I feel a kind of affinity with her. She's a strong person, um, knows the law better than I do. But you know, this is a court I like. I think we just have to say, Claude, that the court post-election is extremely reluctant to be seen as interfering with the popular will. Biden, uh, you know, did, after all, get a lot of votes. Mm-hmm. I think some of them were illegal, a lot of them, but he still got a lot legally, you know, up to 70 million. Uh, I know the vote count is not the game. The game is the Electoral College and its count. But intervening in an election against the candidate who has maybe 7 million more votes than his opponent, that would be Joe Biden has 7 million more, maybe, is dicey. Mm-hmm. Even if there were massive fraud, and I have no doubt there was, there was still not a re- erased completely Biden's popular vote win. Now, there's a separate question. As Mark Levin keeps pointing out, it's not, we don't, we don't know how many votes, you know, we don't know how many votes. How many votes would have made a difference if we challenged? He's saying the procedure was unconstitutional, and I agree with him. You don't know if you, you had an accurate count whether Biden would have won or not. That's not the point. The point is that unconstitutional means were used uh, to advance the slate forward, which is what will happen Wednesday. There is, and I'm indebted to my friend Steve Oakes. He's a professor of history at the same high school where my sons went and taught Brett Kavanaugh and Neil Gorsuch, a high school history teacher in the Catholic high school. Uh, And he says, genuine belief among the conservative members of the court uh, to hold on to judicial modesty and restraint. 
Kavanaugh was involved politically in the election 2000 struggle, as was Roberts. Uh, I, I, they probably do not want the court placed in that position again, seemingly picking the president. But better leave the situation to the Republican state legislatures who have plenary power with respect to electors. That opportunity was missed. Another factor, Steve Oaks thinks, is fear that intervention on the part of the high court at this stage or in the last couple of weeks or months would have sparked riots. There was a report that Roberts had been warned about this. Conservatives are a little intimidated by the Democrats on the court and elsewhere. Kavanaugh, you remember, had a searing confirmation hearing, and there are Schumer's warnings about packing the court. So there's a coalescence of conservatives who are trying to preserve the Supreme Court from politicization. But ironically, by being careful and prudent and not speaking out, they're bending to intimidation. And I, I fear they, they fan more of uh, politicization and undermine the authority and independence of the court. Also, you cannot discount Chief Justice John Roberts' disdain for Trump. Uh, the president offends conservative sensibilities, especially conservatives who have become part of the Washington establishment, as Justice Roberts has. Part of my brother's poker game, game I helped start. And let's face it, the president uh, can act, you know, in a boorish and ridiculous way from time to time. But here's the, here's the thing I want to underline. The failure of the court to have acted in the Pennsylvania case and others before the election. They tried in the Pennsylvania case before Amy Barrett had been confirmed, and Roberts sided with the liberals, claiming no injury had yet been shown. That, and that turned, the, that turned the tide right there. Had they acted against the administrative decisions in the states like Pennsylvania that changed voting regulations in violation of the law, we might have avoided much of this mess. I think the court was negligent. I think members of the court bear a great deal of responsibility for the ensuing chaos and as a result, the undermining of confidence in both the judiciary and the electoral process. We've lost confidence in the court and the electoral process. And I, I, that's how I see it. That's how I see it this morning. We'll have more for you on this, um, the real events uh, after the election results and uh, joint session tomorrow. What effect will the joint session have if Pence is tough and 120 conservative Republicans stand up? Don't know. Don't know. But uh, I'm glad people are standing up and being counted. And so, Dr. Bennett, you know, one of the other uh, big things, you know, uh, with the runoff coming up and then, uh, you know, the certification on the 6th on Wednesday uh, is the release of this phone call that President Trump had with uh, the Georgia uh, Secretary of State. Uh, What do you think about that call, uh, the call being taped, the tape being released, this whole mess? I've called it bother me. The release didn't bother me. He kind of knew it would be. Can you find me eleven thousand more votes? That doesn't mean make them up. Just you know, they're in there. You know, they were hidden. This is the place with the with the blanket and the spread and telling people to go home. I don't think the president was saying make it up out of out of, uh, out of uh, thin air. But you know, it's complicated because he has discredited the whole Georgia election system, and now he's telling people to participate in that election system to save the republic. Right? Right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's mm-hmm. the problem. Right. There's a difficulty there. I should mention another call because people like to hear this. I had a call from the president on Christmas Day. I had called him just to tell him I was with him and with him on the challenge and hoped that, uh, you know, we'd prevail last minute. But, you know, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And we had a very nice, uh, very nice chat. And uh, I'll talk to him again in the next couple of days.
All right, number one, you can see Dr. Bennett's feeling fine. Yes, tested positive for COVID, but he's home. He's dealing with it. We had plans, obviously, to do a full-length show this week. But until he is 100% and COVID-free, we're going to release several what we'll call mini-episodes of the podcast over the phone. And uh, feel free to share your thoughts and your comments about what's going on at BillBennettPodcast at gmail.com. We will share those on the next episode, and we'll catch up again soon. Stay current on the threat posed by China with our friends at Committee on the Present Danger China. Go to presentdangerchina.org, presentdangerchina.org.